Hi all, and welcome to a Lightspeed Short Shot. This is Stefan Rudnicki. As you probably know, I've been producing the Lightspeed podcasts for about 15 years, as well as voicing a fair portion. Uh, this month, sharing the spotlight with our brilliant featured narrators, Susan Hanfield and Roxanne Hernandez. From the start, it's been an honor, often a joy, and always an adventure. It's also been an education, the range of characters and narrative styles quite simply spectacular, and always pushing the perceived boundaries of the storytelling craft. I find short fiction especially rewarding because I can test those boundaries in ways impossible to sustain in full-length audiobooks. You'll be hearing my reading of The Pearl Captain by Christopher Rowe right after this message. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And now I'm back with The Pearl Captain. The Pearl Captain by Christopher Rowe Josiah Dream was the Pearl Captain at the heart of the bivalve ship Blue Spring, which had swum the black for a thousand years. It was a mystery to Josiah. It was a mystery to anyone who had ever thought about it. Why the bivalves suffered their captain's proddings to go one direction or another, to accelerate, to turn, to open the hatches drilled in their kilometer-thick aragonite shells. Josiah did not like mysteries. This did not mean that he wanted to solve this one, or to solve any other. His expression of dislike of mysteries was to ignore them, to not ask questions, to be as incurious as it is possible for a go-man to be. Go-men can be very incurious. It is a trade secret of their guild that there are more dampeners than heighteners in the living clays packed over their transparent skulls. On the day Josiah Dream became the pearl captain of the Blue Spring, 
A delegation of Martian Aramites accompanied him into the flesh, swinging censers, shouting shouts, chanting chants, and dancing dances. The bivalve which dwarfed Deimos yawned a third of the way open. This only happened when a new pearl captain was installed. It would close again once the Aramites had removed the oblong conchilin shape of Josiah's predecessor. Josiah was 241 years old, of middling age for a go-man, but very young for a pearl captain. He was only the fourth captain of the Blue Spring, and was expected to last longer than any who had gone before him. Twenty-one years into his captaincy, a droplet made up of nine liters of pure water fell from the fleshy ceiling of Josiah's bridge cabin. He had been watching it form for several days. The sound of it splashing to the floor was muffled by absorbers built into the arrays that crowded the room. But Josiah was thoroughly soaked. The water coalesced into worms with the consistency of mercury, which wriggled into Josiah's nostrils and ear canals. Blue Spring wanted to talk. You are still alive? The question was freighted with all the age and weight of the ship. It pressed through the clays on Josiah's scalp. I live, Blue Spring. Josiah had been trained in imaging his voice, though he had only ever done so in simulations. This was to be expected, because the only creatures who could sense a go-man's imagings were the bivalve ships, who did not condescend to participate in the training regimes. For a long moment there was no response, and Josiah wondered if his training had been faulty. It did not occur to him to seek insight himself for a deficiency. But then— You are different. You move. I am Josiah Dream. We have never communicated directly before. You are the captain. Yes, Blue Spring. I am the fourth captain you have permitted since you reached your full growth. The response was in the form of a deep vibration through all the flesh of the ship. The arrays channeled some of their stored power into protecting themselves from damage, and more of it into protecting Josiah. The mercury water worms flowed out of his ears and nose, returning to their natural consistency, and dripped down Josiah's chin and onto the smock that made up his uniform. All of this would have to be reported, which was tiresome. Time of pulse, Josiah said to the nearest array. The go-men were headquartered in the shell beds on Earth's moon. Most of those who were stationed there spent their time tending to the growth of new bivalve ships, which took hundreds of years. A few others made up the dictate, the formal leadership of the go-men. It was to these that Josiah directed his pulse. The go-man who answered was the erudite admiral, Elisa Sensation. Her line-lines did not betray the fact that she had been present at the launch of Blue Spring. She was one of the oldest humans alive. Josiah Dream, why do you disturb the dictate? 
Josiah pulsed a record of what had occurred when the nine liters of water had splashed to the floor of his bridge cabin. Alisa Sensation's eyes briefly flashed silver as she collected, comprehended, contemplated. She did this faster than any array that had ever been grown. Blue Spring was inordinately fond of Silas Enervate. Silas had been the captain before Josiah. The Aramites had installed his inanimate body within Deimos, where he was communing with all the other go-men who had captained bivalve ships for so long that they became calcinated. "'I was informed of this when I took the captaincy,' said Josiah. "'But I was also told that Blue Spring had a history of ready acceptance of new Pearl Captains. "'After a time, Captain?' After a time, you have been ensconced for scarcely two decades. Blue Spring is an old ship set in its ways. So long as there is no danger to the cargo or the crew, said Josiah truculently. Josiah was the only crew. The erudite admiral's eyes flashed gold, and Josiah guessed that she had entered the note to be wary of cowardice into his clays. He gave a formal nod just before the arrays at the shell bed cut the connection. Two years later, halfway to the observatory staffed by the elderly and alone in the Oort Cloud, Josiah saw that another droplet was forming in the flesh above his station. Blue Spring had not spoken to him since the first droplet, though it had served ably and had taken on the supplies the observatory had ordered at Europa with alacrity rare in a bivalve ship of such ancient lineage. This time, the droplet dropped when it only displaced four liters. Josiah expected and accepted the alien sensations of the mercury water worms burrowing into his brain. "'I have come to admire you, Josiah Dream,' said Blue Spring." I am glad, said Josiah. We work well together, and will be in one another's company for a long time. I do not believe that is true, said Blue Spring. This disturbed Josiah. Why is that? he asked. Because I am dying, said Blue Spring. The arrays assessed for twenty-two months. They squabbled endlessly coalitions and caucuses merging and splitting as they attempted to come to a consensus about Blue Spring's condition. Finally, they micro-pulsed Josiah. It is a cancer. There is no record of any bivalve ship so afflicted, said Josiah. There is no record of any pearl captain calcinating in such a short time as you. The dampeners in Josiah's clays were designed to keep him from shock. He felt a layer peeling away, and remembered the notation of potential cowardice. "'It is far too early in my service for this to occur,' he said. "'We advise pulsing the dictate.' But Josiah did not. By the time Blue Spring reached the observatory, Josiah could not stand and the great ship's reverse acceleration was faltering. 
Only a mighty collaboration among Blue Spring, the Arrays, and Josia himself made it possible for the elderly and alone to extend the observatory's cargo net close enough to the ship for offloading. Blue Spring had not communicated with Josia since its announcement of its impending death. Josia did not know whether the ship was aware of his quickening calcination. He still had not informed the dictate of either circumstance. The arrays of the elderly and alone communicated with those aboard Blue Spring. They had observed an unrecorded eruption of aragonite the size of a mountain on the ship's posterior hull, straddling the hinge. They advanced the notion that Blue Spring would not be able to open unless the growth was removed. How do they expect us to do that? demanded Josia. They propose a comet. Josia thought about that for nine days before he attempted to image Blue Spring. This time the droplet took mere hours to form, and when it splashed it was viscous. There was an unpleasant odor to the mercury water worms. The elderly and alone proposed that we maneuver into the paths of a comet and allow it to impact with your posterior hull, said Josia. I have been contemplating this since their arrays pulsed ours, said Blue Spring. Have your contemplations led to conclusions? asked Josia. Yes, said Blue Spring. The go-man who answered Josia's pulse was not the erudite admiral Alyssa Sensation. This was how he came to learn she had chosen, at long last, to self-calcinate. "'The Blue Spring has made us aware of your circumstances,' said the dictate go-man. "'We see no other potential solution besides the comet.' "'There is another solution,' said Josia Dream." There is another solution, said the arrays. There is another solution, said Blue Spring. What do you propose? asked the go-man on the moon. We propose to go beyond the galactic rim and accept our fate. That is not acceptable. It is acceptable to us, said Blue Spring. And so they swam. Josia Dream, who did not like mysteries, and Blue Dream, an old ship set in its ways. Far, far, far they swam, encountering many mysteries and many challenges to old ways, and first down the centuries and then down the millennia they came to revel in new ways. They came to exult in mystery. You have just heard The Pearl Captain by Christopher Rowe, narrated by Stefan Rudnicki. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. 
And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This story was taken from the pages of Lightspeed Magazine, which is edited by John Joseph Adams. The podcast is produced by Skyboat Media, and the story and podcast are copyright 2024. I am Stefan Rudnicki. Thank you for listening. <laughs>